The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Hello and welcome to VCU Rams Rewind, sponsored by our pals Lady Nolans down in Richmond. Get you some Cajun food, make you happy make you feel better. It's a good way to celebrate, and this win is definitely worth celebrating. VCU wins 85-66. Pretty darn dominant uh, game from the Rams, and it was funny because I'm listening to the game uh, in the van as I'm driving around, and it seemed like, you know, in the, in the especially when they got going in the first half, they got that big run to get up 16 points. It felt like they were assisting every basket, and I asked in the game thread, I had a moment, you know, how many assists did they have at the at that particular point out of how many made baskets? Well they had nine made baskets when it was uh twenty two to six and they had seven assists and <laughs> you know, you you really can't do it much better than that and they set the tone for that and of course a lot of that was ace early and it's funny, you know li- listening to the game, I had no idea. I was very surprised to look at the box score and see Ace only had six assists. Uh, to finish the game after having five in the first half. And you think, okay, well, in the first half, they did a hell of a job in that regard. 12 assists on 16 made baskets is absolutely magnificent. And maybe it fell off in the second half. And it fell off, but it was only a little. Second half, they made they made 16 baskets as well. And 10 assists, which is, you know, pretty good. You, you, you'll take that. You'll take 10 assists on 16 made baskets. And in the second half, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different guys had assists. So Ace only has one assist in the second half. Eh, it's okay. And 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 I know it's just LaSalle and people, you know, are gonna say, Oh, it's not that big a deal, but you know the Ace since he's come back, you know, when he's been playing well and getting assists, this offense has looked good when that's not been happening. More often than not, the offense has struggled. Well, that was not the case in the second half. Ace is one for four from the field, one out of two from the foul line, 0 for two from three with one assist, three points. And VCU still shot over 50% for the second half, uh, you know, 53.3. Or excuse me, yeah, 53.3 pretty much uh, in the second half, 5 and 11 from three. And and the free throws, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, overall didn't end up very good. But in the second half, 10 out of 14, which is actually not that bad. Uh, you you take you take that kind of percentage most of the time. So it, it's I mean, when the other guys start doing that, it's really something. And of course, you know, you know, Vince Williams led the way in the second half with three assists. And as usual, you know, filled the stat sheet up. Uh, in addition to filling up the basket, really efficient game from Vince Williams. Five of seven from the field, sixteen points, uh, five assists and, a, and, a, and three steals and a block shot six rebounds. It's typical Vince just filling the stat sheet up there. But what about Marcus Sahonis? Now, you talk about efficient. <laughs> this right here 
you know, 13 minutes played only, 17 points, five of six from three, and he makes a couple foul shots. Man, you get something like that off the bench most nights, you're gonna you're gonna cruise. And and really, you know, we we had Jaden Nunn back, and I think considering he's coming off COVID, for nearly 30 plays nearly 30 minutes, nine points, three out of six from the field. Very happy with what Jaden Nunn produced tonight. Very happy with that indeed. And, and just as a whole, I mean this this was. This is the kind of effort you'd want to see a VCU team and a team that's in a champion that that's got championship aspirations have against a team that's going to finish lower down the pecking order. Uh, after that big run, VCU was pretty much never threatened. I think LaSalle got it within nine a couple different times, but never was there a point where you thought LaSalle was really going to get back in this game, and they didn't. Um, you know, they led. I mean, LaSalle led for forty six seconds, and that was it. And then the rest of the time, it was pretty much VCU. That's what you want to do against teams like this, and especially on the road, too. I mean, granted, not that there was much of a crowd at Tom Golo Arena. There was probably many Rams fans there as there were Explorer fans. But, you know, you do that on the road and what, and against any crowd, against any team, and you're going to take their crowd right out of it, which you got to like as well. So really good games from those guys. Hassan Ward, one of his best games offensively, 13 points. A lot of those again were dunks, but hey, you know it's, it was great to see him get get that kind of offense going. And and the and the two cent and our, you know you talk about our front court without Levi Stockard. Well, Hassan Ward and uh, Jalen Deloach, uh, you you really can't beat this kind of production. Uh, Ten for sixteen from the field, uh, twenty two points combined, seven boards. Tell you what. If they if they got that every night from Warden and Deloach, they'd be pretty much unstoppable. And it's good too because I mean they had a, they had a game like this where they shot the ball very well, you know over fifty percent from the field, you know nine of twenty one from three, over forty percent, not bad. And that's good because Lasalle actually did all right in those categories. You know forty five percent from the field uh, doesn't sound great until you compare it to you know. The other teams that VCU's face, in fact, the VCU's you know the top five in the country in field goal percentage defense, uh, you know only allowing thirty five percent, and Dayton made five out of I mean Dayton LaSalle made five out of eleven threes in the second half, which is actually pretty good for them. So you know that was uh, I mean on another day this could have this could game could have been a lot more problematic, but VCU's offense was rolling from the start and kept rolling, and you know eighty five that's that's a high, and I think as, as people were saying in the game thread, they probably should have got 90. And some of those foul shot misses in the first half had something to do with that and some of the some silly turnovers. But even there, only eight turnovers. Granted, uh, LaSalle did get a fair amount of points off the turnovers You know, for a team that only turned it over eight times. I think LaSalle did okay. Yeah, they got 12. Of course, that's, that's, if you want to circle a stat for this game that explains why VC was so dominant, Points off turnovers. This is a stat VCU has struggled in a lot. It's cost them in some games this year, 30-12 for the Rams. So they were really taking advantage of those mistakes. You know, it's 11-9 is second chance points. Uh, they ended up even on the offensive boards and only uh, uh, two less on the backboard as a whole. Uh, so you can't, you can't argue, you know, you, you can't argue with that either. Again, I don't expect VCU to be great on the boards and to beat out, rebound everybody by 15, but I just want them to be competitive. 
because if they're competitive uh, with that defense, they usually play. It's enough, and it, it was certainly is, was enough tonight. Although it's more the case of it was enough because the offense was just cooking and cooking, and cooking for the word go. And two and zero and two and zero on the road. That is that is something. That is something that any team in the country would love to have to 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 start their conference season with two road wins. And you know we're we're still gonna we still have some players to get back. Levi Stockard is on some points going to come back, hopefully. So it's like this this team can only get stronger and is getting stronger. And I just I really am I, I re, I'm really pleased at the direction of travel here. And I mean that that Dayton game could end up being just such a huge swing game. And look, you know when when we when we got out of uh, the Bahamas with the with the two heartbreakers at the end, we said you know they got to go on a run here. And of course that was we were presuming all these games that were going to be at home, and then two of them got taken off because of COVID. We said, but they had to go on a run, and that the best, you know, the scenario that we were all going to be hoping for is that when they went to Dayton, they'd be two and zero, they'd be you know, ten and four in the A ten, and and two and zero. Well, it, it it worked out differently, but the two and zero in the A ten is still here, and with the and with those being road wins, that is you know that's that is. That is a pretty nice opening gamut for success, and they're finally going to get to play home again the next game against George Washington. So uh, I'm sure the players are going to be excited about that, that they're finally going to be back in front of their own home fans because it is, it's going to end up being, you know, three, three and a half weeks just about since they've, since they've gotten that chance. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Jalen Deloach, but, you know, nine points tonight, uh, really, really showing off a, a, an array of, of, uh, of talent and weaponry in the, in the post when he gets a chance. So you love, you love that contribution from him as well. And, uh, it was, this was just a, this was a really good team win all the way around. I mean, defensively, you'd like it to be a little bit better than what it was. You know, like I said, LaSalle shot way better than VCU's opponents typically do both in threes and three pointers. Although, you know, after a rough start from foul shots, the foul shots basically ended even. LaSalle was 13-21, VCU 12-21. And you know what? Let's talk about that uh, before we get to the next game. Because uh, it was mentioned in the game thread, and then somebody asked the question, you know, why is VCU, you know, year after year struggling with foul shots? And, and, and I think he pointed out that VCU was like 335th in the nation in, 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 in foul shooting. And, you know... And again, they can get away with it in a game like this, and then a few other games that they've won easily, they can get away with it. But it, but it's really bit, it really bit them hard in the Connecticut game, and it hurt them at the end of the Baylor game. So when it keeps happening over and over again, no matter who's here, then you that's when you start getting on the coaches and the coaching staff. Uh, and except for last year, this is this has been VCU struggled with foul shooting pretty much, you know since Shaka got here and certainly after 2011 and, and look, it's not like you can recruit all great foul shooters, but that is a particular skill that if you're, that if you're very particular about it as uh, admittedly, I would be, if I was a head coach, uh, I would be looking for guy. I would be looking, trying to get as many guys as I could that were good foul shooters. And I'd make sure I'd have a, a special free throw coach to deal just with that, which is, you know, something that, that, 
teams in the NBA have employed in the past. I don't know if that's a thing that's necessarily employed in college. And then the other end of it is, and you could say, the coach could say he's emphasizing it, that we do this and we do this. If you're really emphasizing it, then your players are going to understand that even if they're tired and even if the game's gone as a contest and you're just playing out the last however many minutes, you – I, I expect you to concentrate at the foul line or you're not going to get as much time as you want to get. And, and that's that's the way it ought to be approached. I, I'm quite sure it's not being approached that way by, by, by Coach Rosen's staff. And it's fine. They, they, have made, they may have a more sensible way, way of looking at that and dealing with that. But it is an issue uh, that VCU's uh, foul shooting. And I, and I mean, it was easy to get spoiled by last year because they were so good. You know, they were shooting, they shot whatever the heck it was, uh, 70-some percent. And it was one of the best foul shooting uh, years that I could ever remember as a VCU fan. And, you know, now we're kind of back to where we normally are, which is, you know, the foul line is an issue. And in a league like this, you know, where you're going to have a lot of close games, it is going to make the difference. And, of course, you know, they only got the two foul shots on, on Wednesday night against Dayton and still managed to win the game, or Thursday night, or whatever it was. So, I mean, I think that, I for me, that's my explanation. It, it's maybe a little harsh on the coaching staff and not fair, and I'll I'll cop that criticism if, if that's the case. But, but it just, when it happens this much, then you've got to start saying, okay, you know, is, is your philosophy is, that it's not something I'm really worried about. Players have got to get better themselves, or whatever, or whatever the uh, whatever the case is. You know, this this is something, and hopefully, you know, Baldwin was a really good foul shooter last year. You know, we'll see we'll see a divergence in the stats. We'll see that we'll be able to mark that line from you know before Baldwin came back to afterwards, and the afterwards is going to look a lot better. And and that was a point they were making. In the uh, on the radio call that I think is actually pretty pretty good, and it's the fact that they're undefeated with Ace Baldwin in the lineup. So it would be interesting if it were possible, and it's not because I think you probably need a subscription uh, to Ken Palm to do it. I would love to see the numbers VCU had in Ken Palm, and granted, it would have been a small, maybe been too small a sample size to to really consider it. But those games that they played all the way up until. Uh, Adrian uh, Ace Baldwin returned uh, in December. I'd love to see a comparison of those games to the games that had Baldwin in them because I'm imagining that a the offensive efficiency would be a lot higher, and and that b maybe they would be better as a foul shooting team because he was a really good foul shooting team last year, and that's that he was whatever he was definitely a, a central figure in that, and they need anybody that can make them. Because you know how to be able to make them sometimes. You think about that Connecticut game and then missing five free throws in a row in the second half. That was, you know, that's that's where it just you're sitting at home going, I can't believe uh, we couldn't pull this off. And then you look at that in the stat sheet, and it's just it kind of makes you sick. So that's that's I wanted to talk about that briefly. I think it was Mark Cross asked that in the uh, in the in the Facebook fan group that I'm in, the Good, Mad, and the Ugly. So shout out him. And and shout out shout out the Rams. I mean, this is you know they if they can beat George Washington like you'd expect them to on Tuesday. And again, it's it's not necessarily a trap because it's not like 
LaSalle was a big, big game, but you, you do you don't want to get caught looking ahead to St. Bonaventure there because of course that's that's the one on Friday that's gonna have everybody's uh pulses racing. But that's you know get to that when we'll get to that. Right now, you know, it's George Washington who've you know, they, they got walloped by Dayton today. Uh they they did have an early part of the season, you know, they weren't looking too bad. Like they gave Maryland a game. Of course, we didn't know how bad Maryland was going to end up and that sort of thing. Uh, but they've shown, they've shown uh, George, uh, George Washington that, that slowly but surely I feel like they're going to get better. And it's, and it's again, of course, you know, today the game against Dayton, their pause was longer, even longer than ours. It was something like 25 days or something like that is what they were saying. So it'll be interesting. I think some of the things that VCU was able to do tonight, uh, and one of them was wear down a pretty shorthanded LaSalle group, I think the same thing will be the case with George Washington. I think VCU, with their third game back, so their wind ought to be even better than what it has been. It's certainly better than uh, George Washington's, who will only be playing their second game in a month, basically. So VCU use those use that advantage in depth and, and conditioning, wear George Washington down, because uh, you saw it with Dayton. You, you saw it, excuse me, with LaSalle today. You know any any even thought of them trying to come back and win in some of these events, and you she just she just didn't have enough, quite enough in the tank to do it, which is you know disappointing for them. But that's that's. That's just how it is, and and that's that's what you're that's what you deal with with these COVID pauses, and hope hopefully to heaven, this conference as a whole will be out of this uh, COVID issues by the next week or two, so that we can get all these conference games in because they're so important. So uh, a little bit shorter tonight because again I had, I listened to it and then I had to rewatch it, and it was a nice regulation victory, not a lot of no, you know no drama at all. Again, they give up the first basket. And then once they get the lead to keep it, so they led they led for all but a minute and fourteen seconds of the game, which is you know pretty pretty darn good uh, from the Rams. And I was just I'm just glad. I mean, they could have been they could have had a bit of a letdown after Dayton. It didn't happen. They were ready to play. They respected the opponent. And and again, I just asked the same thing. You know, they do that against George Washington. It's like when you play these teams, especially lower down, you respect the opponent. You sit there and say, okay. They're not having a great season, but they but they can make their season by beating us, and we can't let that happen. And and we're going to come out here. We're going to be serious. We're going to get right after them, and we're not going to just assume that they're going to roll over for us. So very, very good performance at LaSalle. 2-0 in the conference, just what you want. Three of the next four at home. And, uh, you know, St. Bon- you know, then the, the road one, of course, is a biggie. Uh, and then, the, and then that's followed by uh, Davidson. So I mean, that's right in the middle of that four. This four game run are two absolutely massive games. Davidson, who uh, uh, beat Rhode Island, and I would presume, maybe incorrectly, but I would presume when the the next version of, the, of these uh, brackets come out on you know ESPN and, and CBS Sports line, that Davidson will be listed as the AQ, the automatic qualifier, out of the A ten. Uh, they were on the cut line, bubble line, with both brackets, and I imagine next week they'll be in as an AQ. But you know, they're a team that that's a, they're the only team above us in the net. 
Uh, they were sitting at 35 when I did VCU by the numbers on Thursday. You know, if they're 35, if they could stay at 35, then, you know, that Davidson game is potentially a quad one, quad one opportunity. And the St. Bonaventure game, if they get their act together and could move way up in the net, that could be a quad one opportunity as well. So that's it. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Uh, really appreciate that. Remember, Lady Nolans, patronize them. Great, uh, great sponsor of our pod. And, you know, probably the same, same again as, as today. Uh, I'll be working. If I get off work early enough, then there could be a live video after the Georgia-Washington game and, of course, the, the pod as well. But uh, even though we are off peak, uh, we're not having as many people working as we were when we were on peak. So sometimes we're I think we're shouldering almost a bigger load in some respects. And, and I, at least I'm not getting done. I've gotten done early hardly at all this week. So I hope maybe it'll be a little bit better next week and I'll be able to join you uh, as George Washington games going on and then uh, and then have you and then give you have a live uh, recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly with a podcast follow in the morning. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Uh, talk to you Tuesday after hopefully a, another win in the A-10 and the 3-0 start. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.